Welcome to AEM Early Access, a podcast of the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine and the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Demographic differences in opioid prescribing by patient race and ethnicity have been widely reported. Black and Hispanic patients receive lower rates and dosages of opioid prescriptions for the same conditions and reported pain level as white patients. But at the same time, higher dosage opioid prescriptions have been associated with higher rates of new long-term opioid use and high-risk use, and opioid stewardship is increasingly emphasized. Today we're talking about a new study in AEM entitled Disparities in Emergency Department and Urgent Care Opioid Prescribing Before and After Randomized Clinician Feedback Interventions. First author, Aidan Crowley, is here to talk about it with us. Aidan is an MD-PhD student at the University of Pennsylvania in the Healthcare Management and Economics Program at the Wharton School. She studies hospital and physician group responses to values-based alternative payment models through her affiliation with the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics, and she has previously conducted health policy and bioethics research with Mayo Clinic, the University of Notre Dame, and the University of Copenhagen. Aiden is also interested in applying behavioral science to incentive design for practicing clinicians, which prompted her work with the Center for Health Incentives and Behavioral Economics and led her to the study that we are discussing on the podcast today. We're excited to have her here with us to discuss it, and don't forget to read the full text of this article, which will be available open access from the publisher for a limited time. Aidan Crowley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, so by way of introduction, what do we already know about the role of patient race and ethnicity in opioid prescribing in general? Yeah, so this is an important question that really set up the basis for our study here. There's a long history of evidence in the literature that patients of racial and ethnic minorities actually receive opioid prescriptions at lower frequency and lower doses than white patients Um, for the same conditions, for the same reported pain levels. There's evidence that this is not due to patient preference, but it's simply due to discretion of prescribers. Um, And Really, this could be due to a combination of factors that play into implicit bias, including historical perceptions of how pain is perceived, modern perceptions of certain behaviors of criminality or drug-seeking behavior. So all of this plays into this disparity where specifically Black patients have been shown to receive opioid prescriptions at lower rates. And you note in the introduction of your paper that at the same time, I'm going to quote it, Higher dosage opioid prescriptions have been associated with higher rates of new long-term opioid use and high-risk use. ED prescribing rates are known to vary by individual physician within EDs, and exposure to higher-intensity prescribers is associated with new long-term opioid use. So tell us a little bit more about that data. So this is the basis for probably a lot of what is heard in the news and everything with um, the opioid stewardship movement and this idea that we are in or dealing with an opioid epidemic, and so we need to reduce the number of opioid prescriptions. So that's where this evidence comes from, that higher opioid prescriptions have been associated with increased frequency of overdoses, increased likelihood of having an addiction or a longer-term dependence later on. Um, And importantly, like I mentioned before, there's a large variation in prescriptions. Um, So Unlike other medications where there's a more standardized dosing strategy that prescribers adhere to 
quite regularly with opioids, there's a lot more discretion and variability in how things are prescribed. And that's some of what has led to this opioid epidemic and then has led to the subsequent wave of interventions that are an attempt to reduce the number of opioid prescribing. Okay. So speaking of reduce, um, unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> I think that most of us have, have been made aware, at least, of the need to uh, self-monitor our prescription behavior. Exactly. Um, and a lot of us have dealt with uh, interventions and things like that. And the question is, like, is it actually changing our behavior or not? So you uh, describe in the paper the REDUCE trial, R-E-D-U-C-E. And this study extends, the study that we're talking about extends the main analysis of the REDUCE trial. So can you tell us about the original trial? Yes, the REDUCE trial was conducted a couple years ago back in 2019, um, and it was a trial attempting to do what we just talked about, which is to reduce the number of opioid prescriptions, specifically in low acuity conditions in emergency departments and urgent care centers, because this is where a lot of new opioid dependence can be triggered or can start. Um, so mm -hmm. it was a randomized trial conducted among over 400 clinicians from a large number, around 21 emergency departments and 27 urgent care centers. And these clinicians were randomized to four groups. There was an individual feedback group, a peer comparison group, a combination of the two, or nothing at all. So in the individual group, these clinicians were given feedback on their own prescribing as compared to their entire health system. And then in the peer comparison group, they were given monthly feedback on their own prescribing compared to peers at their individual site at their practice. The combination, they were given both forms of feedback. Um, and then the group of usual care was given no feedback. And so these Interventions were designed on principles of behavioral science in an attempt to reduce the number of opioid prescriptions for these low acuity conditions is try to give clinicians feedback on, you know, hey, you're prescribing more than everyone else at your practice with the idea that this will lower their prescribing. So that initial trial did demonstrate that actually the combination arm was the most effective in significantly reducing the number of opioid pills prescribed. Um, so this is great, right? In theory, with what we've talked about before it reduced opioid prescriptions. So it illustrates that these types of interventions can offer an opportunity pr to promote opioid stewardship from that regard. Okay. So now in this paper, what questions were you hoping to answer? Yeah. So this is where the caveat comes in because with the original reduced trial, while it did show that opioid prescriptions were lowered successfully as it aimed to do, um, the disparity that we talked about at the beginning where some groups of patients, particularly Black patients, already don't receive enough opioid prescriptions. So if you tell physicians to prescribe less, we wanted to know, are they doing so differently in different patient groups? Um, so is there any disparity or heterogeneity in how the intervention from a behavioral science perspective is acting on the clinician's behavior? So in this paper, what we did was go back into that main data and try to answer that question. All right. So uh, tell us about the primary outcome and then how you decided to divide the distribution of that primary outcome, like low, medium, high pill prescriptions, like tell us a little bit more about the details of that. Yeah. So for this analysis, we were looking at the likelihood of a patient being in the lowest pill tercile. So we divided the prescriptions based on pill count into these three tercils, low, low pill, medium pill, and high pill. Um, and the reason we did this is because the feedback that was given to clinicians was actually in the form of pill counts, not in the form of morphine milligram equivalents or anything else. So we wanted it to align with what feedback was given to the clinicians. And we did do a sensitivity analysis to confirm that it was equal in terms of morphine milligram equivalents. 
Um, and then the other reason we did this is because we wanted to try to figure out which end of the distribution this difference was occurring at. So while we made our primary outcome the likelihood of receiving the lowest prescription, we also did a sensitivity analysis to look at the likelihood of receiving the highest end of the prescribing distribution. Because if all we see is that it lowers, we don't know exactly what the clinicians are doing. So this approach afforded us a bit more granularity in analyzing our results. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the study design and your methods. Yeah. So we approached this from two ways. Um, The first thing that we did was to look at the disparities just in the baseline period compared to the intervention period without any interaction. Um, So just looking at at baseline, are there significant differences between the likelihood of certain patient race or ethnicities being in the low pill prescribing tercile as compared to white patients? Um, And then for the primary analysis, which was our main question about heterogeneity in treatment, we tested the association between these patient characteristics and the receipt of that lowest tercile prescription um, using a, a generalized mixed effect model where we controlled for a lot of other factors um, to try to really focus on this interaction between patient race or ethnicity and the actual treatment arm. Um, So we also controlled for some of the baseline opioid prescribing by clinician, uh, site, so emergency department or urgent care, other patient characteristics like age, gender, their insurance, um, their comorbidities, history of other substance use, and then clinician characteristics as well, so including their gender and specialty. So we really wanted to hone in on specifically in this model, the interaction term. So is there any interaction between the patient race or ethnicity and the primary outcome of their likelihood of being in the lowest dose tercile? All right. So let's talk about your results. Um, So tell us first about the pre-intervention period findings. So in the pre-intervention period, this baseline period, before the clinicians have been exposed to any of these interventions, um, we had about 25,000 patient data points or so that we were analyzing Uh, from a diverse sample group. And in pre-intervention, we confirmed exactly what was in the literature. So we found that Black patients were significantly more likely than white patients to be in that lowest dose tercile. No other racial or ethnic group had that significant difference, uh, but we did confirm what has been known in the literature, which is that this disparity in prescribing does exist. Okay. Now, what about during the intervention? So this was the part where we were really focused on our main question of heterogeneity in the treatment. And so what we first did before we got to that heterogeneity part, looking at race or ethnicity, is just looking at during this period, did the disparity still persist? Uh, And sure enough, this was the interesting part, is that the disparity was still there during the intervention. So during the intervention period, Black patients were still more likely than white patients to be in that lowest pill tercile. Um, And in our sensitivity analysis, they're also less likely to be in the highest pill tercile. So this disparity was occurring at both ends of the distribution. Okay. And what did you find with regard to race, ethnicity, and low pill opioid prescribing? So this was our key question, our main study aim, looking at is there an interaction between which type of feedback a clinician is randomized to and how they change their prescribing behavior. So in this part of the analysis, we looked at the interaction term to see whether there was an interaction between individual or peer comparison or a combination of that feedback and how they prescribed. Um, And importantly, we found that there was no evidence that any of the feedback interventions differentially increased or decreased that likelihood of being in the lowest pill prescription. So the type of feedback that the clinician was given did not affect 
how they changed their behavior in terms of prescribing. And it was not found that there was any disparity in how they lowered their prescriptions, meaning that they lowered the prescriptions equally for white patients as they did for black patients as they did for Hispanic patients as they did for Asian patients. So there was no heterogeneity in how the treatment acted. Mm, okay. So uh, so what do you think that we should walk away from this study with? Yeah. So the most important takeaway that I can see is kind of two main findings that we came away with. One is that this disparity exists, clearly. Um, It was present in both the baseline and the intervention period where Black patients were significantly more likely to be receiving these low pill prescriptions. Um, But importantly, the second finding is really what we were trying to see is when you tell clinicians to change how they prescribe, do they do so differently for different groups of patients? Mm -hmm. And we didn't find any evidence of that for this particular intervention, uh, but we also didn't find any evidence that this made it better, right? And so just because this intervention didn't worsen the disparity the fact that it was neutral is also an opportunity for intervention in the future. Um, because if you're already telling clinicians how to change what they're doing in terms of opioid prescribing, that's an opportunity for intervention to try to decrease this disparity, which this intervention was not intended to do, but opens the door for an opportunity to do so. Um, because the fact that you can significantly change how providers prescribe with this type of feedback shows that there's space and there's room to change how they prescribe in a direction that can improve equity. For sure. So uh, what study would you like to see next? Are you working on anything? Or Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, it's really this part where, like we talked about, this whole literature has kind of led to basically a rock and hard place, right? Is we want to reduce the number of opioid prescriptions in the context of the opioid epidemic, but some groups already aren't receiving enough. So if you tell clinicians to just blanket lower their prescriptions, that can actually increase disparities for some groups. So some future studies to try to mitigate some of this could look at different types of feedback, um, even breaking it down by subgroups and showing clinicians, you know, highlighting types of implicit bias, like you are prescribing less to this type of group than this other type. Um, I do worry with some of that because I think that there's a fine line between highlighting the disparities and then becoming too granular with things and kind of risk adjusting in a way that can be um, setting up for other disparities. So I think with this type of prescribing where there's so much discretion, another type of study that I would like to see next is kind of the effect of more of a default or like guideline concordant dosage on equity. Because like we talked about at the beginning, because there's so much variation and because there's so much discretion in this type of providing or prescribing, really figuring out how, if you give clinicians default, does this affect the equity or the disparities in prescribing? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about what I think is really important work um, and good luck with uh, everything in your future. I'm pretty sure it looks bright. Uh, You've already accomplished a great deal um, and I am looking forward to seeing more from you. Thank you, Gita. It was great talking with you and looking forward to learning more. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes at AEM Early Access, all one word. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access from the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal for a limited time. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.